Okay, a couple things uh, I'd like to uh, talk about um, before I give the message I've been preparing 30 years to give. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Exciting. Um, uh, we just gave in the offering, and I'm so uh, appreciative of those who give, and I know that God blesses those who give. I just want to make you aware of where we are financially as a church, because it's a family, and you ought to know. From our projected giving, we are about 15% down up to date this year. That's how we feel about it. Um, yeah. Do you want that baby to keep crying? Terrible. Should never be used. <laughs> uh, we are, we're about 15% down on our projected giving. Um, that's the bad news. The good news is that we're, um, we're not so far... Uh, we are more than that down in our actual expenses. So when it comes down to what's come in and what's gone out, it's about 10% down because our expenses are down too. So I just let you know, just to be aware of that, if you're in a place where God's called you to give and you've, uh, it's been a while since you've done it, then listen to God. Um, we're not concerned about it. God provides. It's interesting. I've talked to church planners in the past, and um, they say, you know, it seems like you either have people, energy, and power, or you have money. But it's rare that you have both at the same time. So that uh, you've got to trust God. So we're trusting God with that. So I just encourage you. There's one more person longing to pray. Will you pray for me? Okay, thanks. I'll give you my name afterwards. Um, so just uh, be mindful of that. You can see all that information's in the bulletin. Okay. Um, then in t when, while I'm talking about giving, um, I thought this was a brilliant idea. Okay. We, um, this just popped into my brain in, at the elders meeting of all places. So God can speak anywhere. Okay. Um, and uh, I was, uh, we were, we, uh, as my wife said, we um, help the poor house. Andrea and Chad will be here second service and they minister to people experiencing homelessness every Wednesday and every Sunday night. They're down at the Memorial uh, Park just north of the of the circle and they feed hundreds of people experiencing homelessness. Um, so they give them food. You know, that's not that we can do that. The, the issue is water bottles. They they go through 25 cases of water every week just to just to give these people experiencing homelessness, a cup of water in the name of Jesus. And um, they're in need of about 4,000 pairs of men's socks. Okay? You might think to yourself, well, how do they go through many socks? Imagine you're homeless for a month or a year or many years. And you don't have a place to wash your socks. Just use your imagination. They give away a lot of socks. So I, I had this brilliant idea to make a pulpit out of water bottles for the poorhouse, and I call this the poorhouse pulpit, okay? If you'd like to take this marketing idea and make money with it, you can. Pul uh, poorhousepulpit.com. Here's, here's what's going on. There are 800 water bottles in this poorhouse pulpit right now. This will last the poorhouse for probably two weeks or so. I thought to myself, if I could find nine pastors in the city who would make a poorhouse pulpit for the next nine weeks, okay, I can't do that math, we'd have a lot of water bottles, okay? 800 times nine, we'd have 7,200, is that right? We'd have a whole lot of water bottles. I was an English guy. Thanks, I got it? Okay. So, um, so, so two things I'm requesting. Um, I'm begging, give us water. 
so that we can give it away in the name of Jesus. So next time you go to Sam's, next time you go to any store, you pick up a case of water, pick up two, pick up five, pick up ten. Bring them in. There's a place out there um, where we stack it. I would love to see this summer just the lobby consistently filled with water bottles. We'll make a tunnel of water bottles. We'll make a water bottle sanctuary if we have to, okay? Because it will all go away and literally is, I'm not exaggerating, the life of Jesus to these people. This is how we express Jesus loves you. So water bottles and socks, we need them. All these will be given away today. If you want to see another poorhouse pulpit next week, bring in the water bottles, okay? Have I made my point? Good. Okay. I wonder what else I was going to talk about. Um, oh, I know. Fathers. Yeah. If you're a father um, in any way, you're a spiritual father, you're a mentor, you're a physical father, I'd like you to stand. I want to pray for you. I can say it from experience. <clears throat> the men that you see standing around you have the toughest job in the world. And so uh, I want you to extend your hands to these men and I want to pray for them. And uh, I just will remind you, it won't be my, uh, my words that will have impact, but we're going to ask the perfect Father in heaven, to bless these fathers. So Lord, um, as a father, looking to you, Father, perfect Father, we ask for the Father's blessing now. Lord, there's not one of us who feels like we've done it perfectly. There are many of us who feel like we've done it poorly. Lord, right now we look to you as our Father, and we ask, God, in the name of Jesus, no matter how old or young we are, Father, would you refather us? Would you give us your unconditional love, your unconditional acceptance, your perfect holiness, your mercy, and your compassion? And Lord, would you give us as men grace to receive it first and to walk in it so that we can give it away to our children? to our wives, to our friends, to the world. So, Father in heaven, we ask for the blessing, your fatherly blessing upon us. And, Lord, may this be a day that marks a change in all of our lives. And even in this city, Lord, release the Father heart of God upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you, guys. Um, so uh, now the message I've been waiting, uh, preparing 30 years. You're a little bit interested, right, in what this could possibly be. Um, I want to do today uh, something I don't think I've ever done on a Sunday morning here. I'm just calling it Father's Day Q&A, all right? Um, I have so many things I would love to talk about, and it just struck me that probably you get sick of hearing me just talk about what I want to talk about. And I thought, what better day than Father's Day to give you a chance to ask the question you'd want to ask? If the Father God was sitting here, I'm not putting myself in his place, but if the Father God was sitting here, what would you want to know from God? What, 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 what questions do you have? So for anything to happen in the next 20 minutes, someone here will have to speak because I, I'm not giving a message. This is Father's Day Q&A. So I really want to know, what's on your heart? If it's an impossible question, then I won't answer it. I'll do my very best. But I, I really want to know, 
What's on your heart? Somebody, somebody drove in here this morning and thought to myself, man, I wish I could determine what the topic was today. That guy knows so much, I got a question for him. Okay? No, uh, no fair going on stumpthepastor.com or something like that, all right? So we'll just wait here in peace. God's doing a good thing. He's present in our midst. And someone will raise their hand and ask a question. And if I can't answer it, I'll find someone who can. I've grown very comfortable with silence in my... Oh, yes, I, can't, I just see a hand and a shadow. So stand up and you'll have to shout the question. If you kill someone in war, will you still go to heaven? Was that the question? That's a great question. Please clap for the courage that it took to ask that question. Thanks, Gabe. You, you can be seated unless you have an answer. It's a great question. If you kill someone in war, will, will you still go to heaven? Um, I'm just going to give a, a short version. I'll, there'll be a long version to any of these if you want to talk more. The Bible is very, very clear about what it takes to get into heaven. And the Bible is very, very clear that it's not about what you've done or what you've not done that gets you into heaven. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one should boast. So it's, it's clear that the basis upon which we become right with the Father, our sin is forgiven and we gain entrance into heaven, is not what we do or what we don't do, it's what's already been done. And that's the death of Jesus. So if you're in the military, you kill someone in war, whether you believe that's right or wrong... In the midst of that, whatever your personal feelings are, when it comes to your place before God, your actions on earth do not affect your eternal salvation. That doesn't at all mean you can do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. But this specific question, if you kill someone in war, will will you still go to heaven? If you've put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, your sins are forgiven And your entrance into heaven is absolutely 100% guaranteed. And you can't get out of it. (laughs) How how is that? Okay, pretty good. (laughs) I'm sure he'll help me. It's a great question. Okay, all right. I see a hand. Anybody? Yes. Oh, Judy. Oh, darn. (laughs) This is going to be hard. (laughs) I'm kidding. So we're going to stay on the murder theme. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. If um, I mean, I, I'll just as, before I go off into this, um, I'll let you know. Um, vi- um, strong believers who love Jesus with all their heart differ on this. Okay, but I'm giving you my view. My view is this. There is nothing that you can do to earn your way into heaven. And there is absolutely nothing you can do to sin your way out of heaven. Thank you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
Read the book of Colossians and you see, you know, um, or Galatians. Paul's writing to the Galatians and he says something like this. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Like, why did you think you'd come into the kingdom in grace by faith and now you'd sort of work yourself up into God? It doesn't work like that. It's all grace. It's all grace. It's all grace. And what a relief for those of us with those perfectionistic tendencies to realize that nothing we can do can get us in or keep us out. It just doesn't work like that. When we get to the gates of heaven, God's going to look at us. He's going to see the risen Christ within us, and he's going to say, come, enter into your rest. I'm scared about the follow-up question from the back. Go ahead. You said Hitler? Yeah. Third time's a charm. <clears throat> what Hitler did was horrendous. I mean, the evil of the, uh, of the enemy of our souls that was going through a person like Hitler is horrendous. But, but here's the tough reality. Sin is sin. And in Romans 3, it just says this, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 3 or Romans 6. Jim will tell me afterwards. I mean, that's it. The wages of sin is death. Every single person who was born was born, according to the Bible, in sin. Every single one of us deserved death. But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If Hitler made a commitment to Jesus, Jesus could pay for Hitler's sin. I don't like it any more than you do. But I don't make the rules for heaven. God makes the rules for heaven. Uh, Jane has just been, my wife, has been recently talking about, God spoke to her about a month or so ago and just spoke about um, living a, a life without judgment. And she is the least of judgers, but she's a very sensitive conscience. And she said, the Lord revealed to her recently, she said, God's love is like a runaway train. I mean, that's how big the love of God is. It's like a runaway train. We cannot contain, nor can we completely manifest or ever understand the love of God. The love of God that could save a person like Hitler through the payment of the perfect son, Jesus. That's all I got. Oh, dear. <laughs> David. Now you're killing me. <laughs> the question was, do I have any advice for raising a daughter in the world that we have now? Yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> So I have one daughter. She's our oldest. Her name is Sarah. Yes, that means princess, and I was aware of that when we named her. She's 24, and um, I'll, get, I'll just give you my straight shot, you know, Dad 101 from me. Um, the basis of the Father's love for us is unconditional love and acceptance based upon the work of Jesus. We just covered that three times. I believe that the basis of our 
fatherly love to our daughters has got to be unconditional love and acceptance. Whatever we can do as fathers to show our daughters what a perfectly loving, honoring, unconditionally loving and accepting father looks like, that's our job. And, you know, um, Ephesians, somewhere in the Bible, Paul says, um, uh, fathers don't exasperate your children, Ephesians 5 or 6. Fathers don't exasperate your children. And I'll tell you, I think there's nothing more exasperating for a, a, a girl, a daughter, than to look to a father and say, I want to know what unconditional love looks like. I want to look. I want to know what acceptance looks like. I want to know what um, passionate love towards a woman looks like, purely. I would say that's what we're called to do. And so that means, David, love your wife with passion. The the I, I heard it when we were before we had kids. Someone said that to me as a man, the very best thing you can do for your children is love your wife. So, uh, men, if we can love our wives in the way that Jesus loved the church, we're going to raise daughters who um, change the world. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> the, the question was, explain the world and give three examples. The question was, um, that's uh, 1 John 4, 1 John 3, where um, it says perfect love drives out fear, or perfect love casts out fear. Um, in the context of that, uh, John is talking about judgment. And so he actually says um, uh, fear indicates that, there is, that you're afraid of judgment, but perfect love, I mean, do you see the theme as Jesus here? I feel like in t a kindergartner in Sunday school, you know? What's the answer? Jesus! Um, perfect love casts out fear. Without perfect love, we fear judgment. We fear that God will punish us for our sins. We fear that the world will see us for our imperfections, and the world will reject us like we've experienced in the past. Rejection because we're imperfect, and there's not one of us who hasn't felt that. And so you feel like, I'm going to be judged, and so I've got fear. But the perfect love of God drives that fear out. Because the perfect, in the perfect love of God, towards the believer, there's no judgment. There, there's no room for punishment. I feel, I feel myself wagging a lot, so I won't wag so much like a dad. <laughs> In, in the perfect realm of God's love, there's no judgment. Judgment has already taken place for the first time. The judgment, is taken, the judgment for sin was taken out on Jesus. Now, there comes another judgment. But as believers, w there is no uh, room for us to fear. Read at the, uh, the end of Romans chapter 8. Paul goes through this long list, Romans 8, of all of these things, neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons, nor things above or things below, earthly, heavenly, principalities, nothing can keep us from the love of God that's in Christ. So when we're in Christ, we actually have within us perfect love. Imagine that. We walk around in the world with perfect love. We don't manifest it perfectly. I know I don't. 
but we walk around in the world with perfect love. And it's the perfect love within us that will drive out any possible fear. I mean, when you think of it, we've, uh, Romans 6, Paul says that we died with Christ and that we'll be raised with Christ. So if we're dead, what's the worst thing that anyone can do to us? I mean, you're dead in Christ. What are they going to do, kill you? It, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. We, we fear shame, we fear guilt, we fear condemnation, and all of those have been taken care of by Jesus. So literally, it is possible for us to walk in the world fearlessly. Michael, from the sound booth. That's a great question. <laughs> I will repeat the question that's a testimony got, uh, disguised as a question. If you didn't hear it, Mike said, how in the world is it possible for a, va- a father to look at a son and imagine and think and believe looking at that son that that son was going to be the most rebellious, sinful, petulant, you know, grieving son and then f- only to find out that that son is going to a wonderful church, has a relationship with God, is raising two wonderful children? That, that was the question and the answer is grace. The answer is grace. God does not give us what we deserve. God gives us what we don't deserve. And along with grace, a healthy dose of mercy. God gives us uh, things we completely do not deserve. That's God. That's a great testimony. Thanks. Last question, Janice. We can do it again. It's fun. Great. It's a great question. So the question was this. Um, all the people in the world, just think of them six billion now, or so, all the people in the world, those who have no, have never heard of Jesus and have no way, I think what you said, no way, no hope of hearing about Jesus, what's their status before God? So I said at the, at the beginning of this that um, I've been preparing the last 30 years for this message, and I, I meant that. I meant that, I mean, I met Jesus when I was 16 years old and, um, and really started following him seriously when I got to college at 18. So for the last 32 years, I've been after him and, and wanting to know God in his heart. Um, I don't know the answer to this question. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you, well, here's the verse that makes it crystal clear. Can you, can you find that one for me? You know the one I'm going to go to? The, the Lord God does whatever he wants. Find that one for me. I've got, I've got, I've got a, a, a palatable answer coming, but here's, here's the deal. And we're, just, we're going to go right back to the beginning. Here's what we know from the scriptures. 1 John 5, it says this. These things have been written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That's Jesus. He who has the Son, the one who's put their faith in Jesus, has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. He who does not have the Son of God, faith in Christ, a living relationship, does not have eternal life. It's crystal clear in the Bible, 1 John 5. John goes on to say, these things have been written to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. From the practical worldly realm, from all of us just, you know, bipeds walking around in mystery, what we know from the scriptures is that God saves people on the basis of their relationship with Jesus. Period. There's a verse in the Bible Psalm 115, can you read it? Can you read it? Well, I mean, okay. 
Um, Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Okay. So Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. So that's why I, I can tell you what we need to do is to communicate the gospel to every single person. You do no one any favor by assuming that they know Jesus and are going to heaven. You, you, you do no favor by assuming that. What we know revealed in the word of God is a relationship with Jesus is required. What God does outside of that, we don't know. And I'm not willing to say. So I, I don't, I answer the question in a vague way by saying God can do whatever God wants. I don't understand God's love completely. I don't understand God's mercy completely. I certainly don't understand his wrath completely. I know that the scripture reveals that we need to tell people about Jesus. Matthew 24:14. It says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness to all and then the end will come. All nations is what the what the scripture actually says. All nations, I talked about it 2 weeks ago. All families, all people that there will be a gospel witness in every tribe, tongue, people and nation. Read through Revelation. And you see that in heaven there will be someone from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. That says to me God has a way to communicate the gospel of Jesus to everyone he's invited into heaven. How he does that, I don't know. How God reveals himself to Muslims and to Hindus and to Buddhists and to animists and to atheists, I've heard stories but I can't tell. But I know that the love of God is perfect, the wrath of God is satisfied, and we're out of time. Okay, let's stand. No, you don't have to clap. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's not the Randy show. <laughs> I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for asking honest questions. Um, Gabe, thanks for starting us off at the top with murder. Um, the Holy Spirit of God is, in, is within each one of us. And there is simply no reason that you can't walk out into the world and, uh, and bear witness to what Jesus has done in you. I mean, in, in the way that we did today. I'm not saying stand up on the corner and say, ask me any question. But let us, as the people of God, stop shying away from the tough ones. Let's stop shying away from the tough ones. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We have a God who created all. We have a father who sent his only son to die for us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us that raised him from the dead. And we have the promise of eternal life forever and ever and ever. Let's just live it out. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this Father's Day. We are so thankful that you are our Father. Lord, if there are any here today who don't know you as perfect loving Father, reveal yourself to them today. Would you lift up Jesus to them? Would you show them Jesus the Son who lived a perfect life, died a painful death, and was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit? I ask, Lord, now for, for their faith, for the forgiveness of their sins, for the glory of Jesus. And, Lord, I ask that you would send us now into the world to be a blessing to the nations, wherever they are around us, and Lord, a special prayer for those who may need to have difficult discussions today with their children, with their husbands, with their fathers. I ask God for grace. 
pour out the Father's love today in our city through us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like someone to pray for you today, we'll have a ministry team up here. We would love to pray for you. Um, If you're planning, you want to go to the, the Father's Day brunch, there's food out there in the community room. Please go be a part of that. Otherwise, go in peace to love and see the Lord. Have a great day.